0: Two dollar late fee. You have one new message.
1: Hey, uh, uh, Dustin, Zach, it's uh, this is Dave Marshak and uh, Fitz Fitzgerald. What's up, guys? Uh, really appreciate the offer to come on your on your little show. I don't really appreciate it. But... He doesn't. But we're in Canada and uh, we can't. We, we, we don't want to leave. And we, do, we they don't have Zoom here. And Paulette's in the
0: hospital right yeah. now, so I have to deal with, with her. So thanks a lot for asking and yeah, being yeah. sensitive yeah. to that. Yeah. And I don't know what a podcast is, but it sounds awesome. In the future. Yeah. Before
1: there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? Thanks for listening. On to the show.
0: Ho, ho, ho. Oh, I already did that one. I already did. Last year I did. It's Christmas time. What? Last year when we recorded our kind of pre-pre-wrap-up episode for 2020, I started singing uh, Shake Up the Holidays by Train, I think. How
1: in the world do you remember that?
0: Oh, because my memory, my wife can attest to this. I remember the most ridiculous things. Uh, And like a bank. They're just stored in there.
1: You remember how we started a year ago's Christmas episode? Or it wasn't a Christmas episode, but it was, right? We we wrapped up with, we wrapped up the year with Carney and her husband, Rob. Yeah, it
0: was the intro to Carney and Rob, Carney Wilson and Rob Bonfiglio.
1: And that's what you're talking about?
0: Yep, I'm talking about the intro.
1: I might need to, we might, I might need to just insert the intro and in. we, yeah. Okay, let's go back. Let's, the quick flashback to that episode. Here we go. <laughs>
0: This month, we decided to do things shake it up a little bit. Um, just like train says, shake up the holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Train
1: does not say that, do they? Yeah, train shake, says, shake up the shake holidays, it up,
0: shake it up. It's Christmas time. It's a great song, I but what it
1: what's the what I don't what do you mean? Shake, shake up
0: the holidays. What does shake, that mean? Like, shake it up, do something different,
1: do different traditions. Yeah, yeah. What are the what are those like the verse, first verse of that song? Uh, what are we talking about?
0: Gonna drink a cappuccino in the bed one no, day. No, no, no. No,
1: no, 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 You're fucking with me. I am totally fucking oh with you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You totally have some time
0: bow with your chow <laughs> mein. It's Christmas time. Just shake up
1: the holidays. Because if it, if it is a real train song, then it would say talk about some really dated, dated thing. Like, um, go to your MySpace page. It's Christmas. You'd be like, oh
0: No, it'd be like, play with that dreidel on Ramadan. Gonna have Diwali with a... Yamaka on and out. I don't know. Yeah, that works, right? That works. It's Christmas time, but we're not talking about train today. So, but
1: that's how we shake up Christmas. We play a dreidel on Ramadan, or that's. The, the, the,
0: <laughs> I just want to know what's real and what
1: you're what you're messing with oh, me it's because all, it's all I'm messing with. Because train, you. I don't know. I don't know.
0: The lyrics could be that bad. They, no, they're they're better than that. Okay, <laughs> I love that song.
1: Okay, yeah, I don't know if that's if that. I mean. I don't know that if that played out exactly how you remembered it or not, but...
0: Not, I mean, yeah. possibly.
1: L- a, little, <laughs> a little different. Um,
0: we did bring it up, though. And we had a long discussion on the, and, you know, and, and that's the thing about our show. We, we uh, our intros to our interviews with our special guests typically deviate at some point <laughs> into a personal uh, tangent yeah. from myself or you. I think uh, the one prior to this was Cynthia Rothrock and you were talking about waking up in the middle of the night before. Mm, and yeah, like yeah. Hoping Cynthia could help us, help you with yeah. that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I started doing Good. this, uh, you know, you know the, the cl- the close one nostril technique or the alternating, you know, the yoga yolk- Yogic, I sure do. yogic nostrils. Really good. I, yep. I've been doing this, just breathing out of the right nostril because the left brain is the logical brain. That's the one that keeps the anxiety going or whatever. So you breathe out of the right nostril and it calms it down. It's amazing. It's, it's really amazing.
0: Oh, well that I can share a couple techniques with you actually. Um, that may help you as well. There's a chant. Um, it's, sa. Uh, Ta na ma, and you do with the you you do it with the fingers. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do the thumb to pointer, thumb to middle, thumb to ring, yes, yes. thumb to pinky, and then then reverse, almost like a meditation. Yep, and that helps. Um, uh, and a mantra, if you will. A mantra, yep. Yeah. And then this is kind of wild. I don't think I ever told you this story. Um, I used to wear a necklace that my mom gave me that on one side had Buddha, and on the other side it had Lakshmi.
1: Mm. I they were going to say Jesus. I'm going to be like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. It had Ozzy Osbourne on one side. <laughs> and it had, uh, and Keanu Reeves it had Richard Simmons on the, Simmons other, and... on the <laughs> <laughs> other side. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. And, so, um, and then the beads on there were Tibetan beads from, I don't know how many years, yep. but they were very old. Anyways, I used to wear this thing. Just like I wouldn't even take it off, and uh, I noticed one day that it was changing colors. Mm-hmm. It was a mood changing, which is pretty. Oh, cool.
1: not like 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 uh, from the sun or something.
0: Nope. No, the pendant itself was a mood, like a it had a it had like the it was mood a ring. hypercolor
1: T-shirt built into. Yeah, your it, was, it was
0: cool. I it it was really wild, and it was going. I was going through a really interesting phase in my life where I was really. Uh, self discovery was a big piece of uh, of my journey yeah. and I was getting into meditation and buddhism and hinduism and like a lot of eastern religions and and spirituality and so um I was at a chinese restaurant one night and I was paying my bill and the person behind the counter sees my necklace and she says oh that's buddha and I go yeah yeah and I said and on the back it's lakshmi and she's like Oh, uh, that's so cool! That's so cool! And she she goes she goes, I, you know what? I have something for you, and I go, you do? And she goes behind the counter and she pulls out this book and she gives it to me. And it was these prayer chants by a Tibetan monk mm. that works close that worked closely with the Dalai Lama, and she said the Dalai Lama gave this book to me when he was in town last spring wow. or whatever. And uh, she goes, I want you to have it. You should never hold on to things for too long. You should always give them away. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And she goes, and, and in, uh, she goes, and there's a prayer that goes with this book that'll uh, ward off negative energy. I'm like, okay, well, what is it? <laughs> and she said, uh, it's Ong Mami Bami Om. And I'm like, can you write that down? Ong Ong Ma Ma Ba Ba uh, M-I, Me. Ohm, Om or Ohm and she said if you say this over and over and over again like a chant it'll ward off negative energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um I was flying soon after and hit really bad turbulence and I don't I don't fly well. I get motion sick really easily and I started chanting and I swear to god swear to whatever it just like the motion sickness to wore Buddha. off and it totally was working my mind was you know distracted enough yeah so that the turbulence didn't bug me and we landed and it was all good so anyways just want to share that with you if you ever want to use it
1: did you ever see her again no Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: I did not because I was moving to Los Angeles soon after and uh, yeah I never did she must have known that it's like and then the book was stolen years later stolen yeah, someone broke in my car and grabbed Uh-oh. the only thing I had in there that wasn't worth anything, but it was a bag of my tutoring stuff. Uh, and that book was in there, a, <laughs> along with other personal items. That's
1: so. a bummer. But the good news is they didn't get Chuck Norris's biography.
0: They did not, and it's and the prayer is locked in my head.
1: Yeah. No, you didn't need it anymore. You didn't need the book. No, I didn't need it anymore. You know, and, I didn't need it. Anymore. And hopefully the person who robbed you you know, found some solace or... Something, you know, in, yeah. in the book. Um,
0: I hope so, too. I hope they found themselves a little um, bit of enlightenment.
1: But uh, that's very interesting. Um, I also wanted to say, because you reminded me before we started talking, that our interview with Carney Wilson, you know, my favorite my favorite Christmas song being Hey Santa. And it just occurred to me now, I haven't listened to Hey Santa this entire season yet. I've listened to every, I'm so revved up for the Christmas songs. I can't even tell you. I've been like listening every day to like different ones and bearing it up. You know, I've got to shake it. I, I, I will not listen to that one. Um,
0: <laughs> By train.
1: <laughs> uh, and to be clear, you know, if you're listening audience, you, uh, you know, we're current listeners of the show. Know that Zach loves train. He wants to be Pat Moynihan, Monahan who's oh it's bridget Moynihan right
0: yeah no connection there
1: but that's she's a Moynihan. yeah <laughs> pat monahan you know is is an idol of yours and um you've met him a few times and you you've had yeah. moments or whatever but <laughs> we've discussed that train is probably like our big our, our most divisive topic because you know yeah. you love them I don't I've sort of clarified too that it's more about a lot of times it's the lyrics, it's the repetitiveness, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, Train has a Christmas song that came out in 2010. It's called Shake Up Christmas, Shake Up the Holidays, ho, ho, ho. Shake Up the Happy Days, or whatever.
0: Shake Up the Happiness. Shake Up the Happiness. It's Christmas time. And
1: I was like, what motivates Train to write a song like this? So I did a little bit of digging, and it turns out that Coca Cola motivates Train to do this because Coca Cola paid them millions of dollars to do this coke campaign and it was shake up christmas and but i like that pat Monahan was like no 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 it's not about commerce you see it's kind of an ironic thing like you know it's more about happiness and that you don't need commerce and marketing or not marketing merchandise and consumerism you know that's how he that's what he's trying to try to uh swing it even though he was getting paid millions of dollars by from Coca-Cola to make to write the song.
0: Well, some might say that he is the master of product placement in his songs.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's just not it's not great. It's not a it's not a great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will tell you, you know, it, it, it th- there's yeah, there's a long history with me and Train and uh and maybe i don't know maybe we need to devote an episode to that yeah. or an instagram live or something i'm not a fan of their stuff now i think it's not good uh, mm. but 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 2010 is pretty much the last time like that song came out and it sealed the deal for me and from then on i didn't listen to any other new train stuff that came out
1: oh okay that. so it sealed the deal in the other way
0: yeah, I was like, I love this song, but then everything, I, I think, no, I did listen to some of their stuff after. And mm. I'm like, ooh, this is not good because they kicked out uh, two of the band members, the original guys left, and it wasn't the same band anymore. Yeah. It was just like, you know, when bands do that, when bands replace key members, they turn into a cover band, essentially, in my opinion, you know?
1: I mean, what is Journey?
0: Journey's a cover yeah. band now. yeah. Uh, Steve Perry is Journey. Yeah. Some might argue that Greg Greg Raleigh was Journey when they before Steve Perry came on. They were more like a Santana, you know, yeah. fusion rock kind of thing. I don't um, think anyone
1: would argue that Steve Perry isn't Journey.
0: No, he is Journey. Yeah, yeah he is definitely is Journey. I think the only band to ever really pull that off successfully was Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. Sam yeah. Certain people can save bands. Certain actors can save movies. Dean Cameron and Stuart Fracken. Do they save Ski School from being just an all-out bad movie, or are they just the best part of the bad movie?
1: Yeah, I. I you know, what 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 can I say? What what can we say about Ski School? I mean,
0: we're gonna be honest. We have to be
1: honest. It was. I mean, you know, we we interviewed Dean and Stewart. We were all very honest with each other about yep. where we were. We, we there was no pulling of punches. I mean, Ski School is a movie that has no actual ski schooling. There's no ski instructors. There's no, you know, it's that that classic tale of the uh, the elite rich. I, I don't, I don't know. There's like eight or there's at least eight different ski schools or something on this hill. And they're all Yeah,
0: section eight. Com- Isn't it section eight? They're competing
1: uh... there. Yeah. Section eight is the, is the party slacker boob lovers um, <laughs> led by Dean Cameron and his character, Dave, uh, Marshak knee Marshall. um, <laughs> because he was called that in the original script or something. And, um, yeah. and then Stewart is yeah. Fitz, Fitzgerald. And, uh, you know, we, we're not clear the backstory, how anybody met, how long anyone's been there, what, what they're doing there now exactly, because it's not teaching ski school. But, um, yeah, but what we do know is there's a lot of races. There's a lot of tomfoolery. And there's a lot of drinking and boobs. And that's the movie. And pudding.
0: And pudding, yeah. Chocolate pudding. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting movie in the sense that um, it's not the first, but it's a sex comedy where the sex tended to overshadow the comedy, so to speak. Uh, The scenes are a little bit longer than prior sex comedies you know you think sex comedies back in the 80s and early 90s well mostly 80s you think porkies fast times last american well last american virgin's a comedy drama but um you know stuff like that and so mischief right um sure uh, my my secret admirer um she's my tutor (laughs)
1: Um but, what it wait, my secret admirer, the the um
0: Or s- secret Secret Admirer.
1: S- secret Admirer, the the C Thomas Howell? Yes. Right. I mean that one and that one I haven't watched in a while, but like it's it's more of like that 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 to me is almost like a like a three's company episode or something. You know where it's just like this misunderstanding that leads to this it's and tame. this person thinks that this person wrote the letter to this person, but really this shit, you know, who wrote the letter and you know, um but I
0: yeah, that's less of a sex comedy, more of just like a teen comedy. Y-
1: yeah, or, you know, but it but it's one of those teen comedies that I feel like focuses a lot on the adults too. So yes. it's like very Fred Ward heavy. It's very you know, um, uh, so to me, that's a little bit of a different uh, different animal. Not to cut you off.
0: No, 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 no. I you're right. It, it, uh, so you know, for two, for example, Porky's and. Oh, and Revenge of the Nerds as well. You know, kind of sex comedies where guys are the hor- it focuses on the guys and the guys are thinking about their hormones and they, you know, engage in uh, yeah tomfoolery and then a little bit of uh, you know scantily clad ladies in the movie. But this one tends to be a little bit more risque. I remember the two of us watching it before we interviewed Dean and Stewart to just to refresh our memories, and we were both like, "This one scene's going on way." Well, a lot longer than we expected. Yeah. And um, and so it's this film did come out in the theater. It didn't do well in the theater. It actually came out in Canada in 1990, but in the United States in 1991. That's why if you go on IMDb, it says 1990, but technically for the U.S., it's 1991. There you go. Um, it made some money, and then it came out, I think, in April on VHS. And it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first that kind of exploited this angle and opened the doors from for movies like uh bikini car wash company uh, you know, bikini car wash company too <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuff like that, you know, where, where it was more just like a sex comedy focus on the sex. And so, yeah, this movie is not great. Um, we talked before we, before Dustin and I, did this interview we were talking about like nostalgia is a hell of a drug we say that all the time sometimes that means these movies that were bad and still kind of are get saved by the nostalgia and the love and we go you know what yeah the movie's not that yeah. great but uh, oh, it brings back all these great feelings this movie falls more into the category of it's not that great uh Dean and Stewart are are really good. They're really entertaining. They're fun to watch. But is it enough for the whole movie? <laughs> they're not in it enough for them to save the movie. The movie's not that good.
1: I mean, they're in it a fair amount. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty dominant with them. I, I guess, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that walking through the process for me, I was I was excited you know, we had done summer school and I was like, okay, now we're going to cover ski school. And I was excited to revisit some, you yeah, know, I was yeah. really excited. And then like, we're watching this and you like, and in real time, I was feeling just such utter disappointment because in the first, like five minutes of this fucking thing, when all of a sudden it, there's like this, this, this really hard cut to like, you know, the guys are doing something and then they're just like waking up in a cans of beer and they're like, Oh, the new recruits. And then we just were launched into the movie and no one ever, none of the characters are ever introduced. No. You you know, so we don't really know the background of anybody. We don't, I'm like, oh, this guy, what's this guy doing here? You know, Patrick, uh, Patrick from summer school, whose name is escaping me right now.
0: uh, Patrick Labrador. Labrador. Yeah. (laughs) Labrador? That guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> labrador, Labrador.
0: who's great by the way
1: he is but you know he's a he's a character of very specific talents in the way of audio visual qualities yes. and we kind of learn all this plays, like backwards like we just you know like the way that ed young yeah the way that the information is disseminated out to the so the audience is just so confusing. And I just remember like being like, I think I was turning to you and I was like, what is going on here? Like they're <laughs> racing. Like we're already at the race. Like the, the big race was happening in like minute 12 or yeah. something. And I'm yeah. like, well, is this, movie how what's going on why is he there where's that guy you know it's just very confusing but obviously like yes i love dean and stewart in this movie they they are the only ones who have a clear relationship um and i think i asked them in the interview like did you guys like know each other did your characters know each other for a really long time and they were like just stop stop thinking about it you know like stop don't don't overthink how we (laughs) know each other you know it's just like um You know, oh, I was like, who's the who's the teacher? I was like, who's the instructor and who's the student or whatever? Because nobody's actually teaching anyone how to ski ever.
0: And you're right, Dean. I remember Dean saying that he's like, you're overthinking this. Yeah. And Dean is so funny. Um, He, for those of you that don't know, we interview like like Dustin said, we did interview them. We interviewed them in person. It was actually our first in person interview at Real Voice. Um, that we had done prior to Matt Adler and John Philbin. But we had sat on this interview knowing we were going to release it at the end of the year because it was so entertaining and so much fun. Um, but Dean, Dean is a very has a great sense of humor and comic timing. And very dry. When we're talking yeah. about ski school, very dry. And we're talking about ski school, and they admittedly, I mean, they have fond memories making the movie, but they admit that the movie's not good. Yeah. Um, you know, it, in many ways, I felt like it was trying to be an animal house, a caddyshack where it's got these bits, right? These, these almost like, uh, vignettes. But while those movies are considered classics, I wouldn't consider this one a classic. Um, however, I'm not a huge fan of animal house and, and I'm kind of not a huge fan for the same reason. I'm not a huge fan of ski school in that way. I just feel like it doesn't flow as well as it could. Um, yeah. You know, Dean and Stewart improv a lot in this movie, and thank God because they're act- that what's thats what makes it that much better.
1: Yeah, well, let's go back to what Jeff Cano had said, right? Jeff Cano, the director of Revenge of the Nerds, he, prior to getting the job of Revenge of the Nerds, was asked by the head of the studio, you know, the, the studio that had made Risky, you know, the studio that had made Animal House. He said, "Risky Business is a better movie than Animal House." I also agree. Risky Business is very, you know, story-focused. Animal House is not. Animal House, Animal House on the, on, a, on a ski slope would be a great movie to make. But I, I think the problem for me is that ski school's conflict is not particularly clear. Like, I just don't even understand. You know, it's always that kind of like, we want to save the mountain or whatever. But in this case, it's like, it's not even really that. It's, I mean, it is kind of, but it's like, you know, who's the secret benefactor of the you know there's the hot model lady i mean it's admittedly it's been some time since we watched it but it's also it's not very memorable to me from the story perspective
0: well the the guy who plays johnny um tom tom brez <laughs> bresnahan tom bresnahan yes <laughs> um you know he's he's very he's a good he's a hunky guy he's a you know he looks like he's good at skiing which he's not really uh, <laughs> and he doesn't he, he's kind of flat in that way like his acting his acting style's flat but then he's he hooks up with hot chicks he hooks up with uh, you know Darlene Vogel who plays uh, Lori. she's the the kind of cool mm-hmm. uh, ski. Ski Babe, and I love her, by the way, from uh, Pacific Blue. Yeah. The bicycle show. It was basically Baywatch on bikes with um with Rick Rosovich. Anyways, yeah, she was on that. I loved her on that. Uh, And she's good. She's good. She's really, like, her acting is pretty solid. And then Ava Fabian, who's like a former Playboy Playmate, super hot. Uh, she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Johnny hooks up with both of them. Yep. And it's really awkward because you're... And, oh, and Charlie sprawlding's in it, another babe who has... Gone off the crazy train, yeah. Uh, in the last few years, I guess. Uh, for those of you that don't know,
1: a lot of like, babes. There's a lot supporter. of babes in yes. this.
0: yeah, a lot of babes in this. But I, I think, uh, like I said earlier, I think this movie was. I think the studio or whatever figured out. Oh, this we're gonna drive this as a babe movie. That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna attract people. That's why dudes rented this movie. Yeah, that's why. Of course. No offense to Dean and Stewart. That's why they rented it because it's got a lot of TNA. Yeah, uh, like oh. That's what sells, and it did sell. Dustin and I both worked at video stores. We know. I did work yeah. at a video store that sold the unrated versions of a lot of these movies. and those movies were really popular with dudes and teenager teenage boys. Um, it's the time. It was the time, yeah, you know, prior to internet. <laughs> so there you go. yeah, for sure. Um, and if you want to know more stories like us working at video stores, check out our patreon. Tales from the Video Stores, on Patreon. We tell fun stories about when we worked in a video store. We have fun friends who guest on the show. Uh, our buddy Jim Walker did the theme song to it, and it's a really good theme song. But enough about that. No, at
1: this point, we've got a really nice backlog.
0: We sure do. Yeah. Actually, uh, Corey Stevenson of uh, the Wraith Timber fame, he uh, told a really wild story in the last time he when he was on. So uh, you should definitely check it out anyways back to ski school yeah the vignettes are weird um you know the the skiing the skiing is fine like i never skied but i wanted to ski i wanted to ski based on watching ski school back in the day and watching aspen extreme those are the two movies where Mm -hmm. i'm like i want to learn how to ski and i didn't damn
1: it yeah well i mean you know if, if you have a reason to um that's organic to your life you know great but if not you know skiing can be tricky you know so sometimes the the snow is uh, the snow is ice and you you know you lose your you know for for me it's like you always got you got to devote that that time to it like if you're going to if you're going to learn how to snowboard you got to devote like you got to have like a day to basically train to cuz you're going to be falling on your ass kind of thing um but anyway one yes. thing i do want to say about ski school is the the lead villain the the you know cuz they're all the 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 very rich, uh, pompous white people. This whole movie is white people. That that's all it is. It's just white people on the ski slope. All white people. All white yep. people. It's one hundred percent white people. And um, this actor named Mark Thomas Miller plays Reed Jansons, and Reed is that kind of uh, typical uh, pompous. The you know the guy that we would probably you know say like oh the the 80s bully the guy that wears the sweater around the shoulders he plays tennis with with a girl named Muffy and that kind of thing well he's the head of this yeah. of this uh villainous uh antagonistic um you know other section 8's rivals basically and yeah one of the first scenes in the movie is that is our lead johnny Who's, you know, who comes up and he's like, you know, I'm a really experienced skier. He tries to join this elite rich white guy group. And they're for no reason at all, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, you're going to Section 8. And he's like, no, I think I just spent a lot of money to get here to ski with you guys. And they're like, nope, you're going to Section 8. And then there was almost like, well, why do we send him to Section 8? Because he's like clearly the best skier on the mountain. And, um, you know, the, They regret it, but like it's like that. that We have to have that story point. Um, And Reed is not one of these villains that, like, you know, he's not memorable. He didn't make our top ten bully list. He's not. He's not a guy who, you know, there's just yeah, he's just very one dimensional, and that's fine. But he doesn't stand out.
0: He doesn't, and unfortunately, that's like a lot of the cast in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Like I see, I think people who have a nostalgia for this film are probably watching it drunk or stoned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's foggy. <laughs> oh my God. That's such because if, if you're fogged out and you're, you're, you're kind of blazed a little bit and you're watching certain scenes, you laugh your ass off and then you pass out a little bit and then you wake up and you laugh your ass off and then you pass out a little bit. It's almost like they knew that when they made this mm-hmm. movie because they give you a break to, okay, go go take a pee break, go make a salad, make some mozzarella, shredded mozzarella sticks.
1: Yeah, really, I'm sure the <laughs> all back. the stoners in the world are make, waking up and making a salad.
0: Whoa, look at this salad, dude. So good.
1: Man, I'm so high. Do you have any, uh, do you have any romaine? <laughs> Bro, you got any croutons or, uh? uh tuna (laughs) niçoise
0: okay would you say mozzarella sticks would be the way to go breaded mozzarella sticks
1: yeah although i can't tell you the last time i had one of those probably me too but
0: man i love those i used to get them all the time at tgi fridays
1: probably 20 years ago yeah i mean they were big i feel like my freshman year in college we had this like little like night stand it was called the night owl in uh you know on campus and you go there you get a pint of ben and jerry's for like a dollar 75 and uh you know just onion rings that's like the freshman 15 that's what they should have named that place cuz that was that was all that was happening it was just like late night onion rings and fries and ben and jerry's and pretzels with cheese and ah i really miss it
0: <laughs> i know i miss eating like that too i really, I miss really it. wish i could i really can't i really miss it really the can't.
1: metabolism of of everyone changes you know in your 40s
0: yeah it does uh i feel you know we they open up a randy's donuts uh, not too far from where we live and for those of you that don't know what randy's donuts is if you've ever seen what iron man 2 i think it is he's uh at the end of the movie or the beginning i can't remember now <laughs> uh tony stark is sitting in his iron man outfit i think it's i think it's the second one uh, at the end and he's he's sitting in a giant donut and that's Randy's donuts. That's kind of their trademark is this giant donut on their roof. And they're really good. They're like old school mom and yeah. pop type donuts. And uh yeah, we've gone often. <laughs> and after we do, I feel like uh Ace Ventura when uh he, he finds out Sean Young's a dude and he's scrubbing um, off his body in the shower. <laughs>
1: have you have you ever eaten too many donuts to the point of just vomiting?
0: Um, no, okay. no, but, but sometimes I, I, I'm like, man, that would have been a lot easier <laughs> instead of eating all these. And now I feel guilty and I got to work out the next three straight days or whatever. Uh, cause I normally don't eat that way. But when you got a little kid who's got a amazing metabolism, you know, you can eat yeah, whatever justify you,
1: it however you want, but it, it's okay. That's exactly how I justify <laughs> two Randy's, even if you didn't have a kid. And you were there every day, you know, you, you deserve it. You you deserve, you deserve some good, good treats, good reward.
0: I deserve this. Life is
1: too short.
0: That's what I used to say at video man. When I would take red vines, you know, and not pay for them. I deserve this. Yeah. You know, Stuart and Dean are so funny. Uh, obviously you guys are going to hear their relationship in a couple weeks in that interview, um, and 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 Dean is like in charge of them. This is what Dustin was saying earlier. Like, wait, isn't he supposed to be the 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 main instructor, and they're like his students? But that's neither here nor there, because they have this great relationship. Um, and it is just, I would like, I would have liked to have seen just a movie about those two guys. That's it.
1: Yeah, but of course they go on to. Star and it came from out of
0: space, the TV show together and. Uh, Which is starting to pop back up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Dean or Stewart, Stewart's trying to get it out there. That show is really near and dear to both of their hearts. So uh, they talk about that show as well in our interview um, a little bit but because it's hard to find and it's hard, you know, this is really a ski school reunion.
1: I wanted to, I, I, I wanted to find and, and share some of these with you because these are really amazing. Some of the uh, IMDB reviews for this movie. One of these reviews seems like you wrote it. One of them seems like uh, uh, Sleazy C wrote it. Okay, so this, this review says, bad acting, stupid story, gratuitous nudity. I love it. Uh, I was just browsing my friend's movie collection and came across Ski School. I almost put it down without even saying anything because I thought it was going to be a dumb movie about skiing competitions. But I asked him about it, and he said, It's funny, and it's got naked women in it. As soon as I heard that, I shoved it in. To my surprise, it was a pretty good movie. (laughs) As many have said, it's a very quotable movie. In order to be the best, you must lose your mind. Welcome to my kingdom. I will bed you all before the night is through. You get beer, you get beer, you get laid, and many, many others. With a combination of non-stop jokes, partying, naked women, and skiing, this is definitely the perfect comedy for guys. And also, to my pleasant surprise, it has an awesome soundtrack. They play two songs from one of my favorite bands, Lock Up, which is guitarist Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine's old band, Punch Drunk, and Half Man, Half Beast. If you haven't seen this movie, you must. It deserves the publicity 10 out of 10 for entertainment value. Um... Wow. Now, if Corey Stevenson didn't write that, I will pay you a hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think you already did pay me a hundred dollars earlier, so maybe that <laughs> was a preemptive pay because you knew he wouldn't. Uh, probably. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting that he brings up um, that Tom Morello band Lock Up as as two songs from his favorite band, because when he said when he said two songs from his favorite band, I, I automatically assumed to be the Alarm because. There's a lot of bands on this soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack that does not exist really. Um, that are notable, and they're worth bringing up. I really want to bring up really quickly before we get into the soundtrack. Um, the parents' guide for this movie.
1: <laughs> the parents' guide <laughs>
0: because yeah because on IMDb they they talk about you know if a movie has uh, frightening or intense scenes yeah none alcohol drugs and smoking moderate. Okay, I'm going to say don't necessarily agree with that. Profanity, mild, true, there's not much swearing. Violence and gore, none. Sex and nudity, what would you say on a scale of mild, none, mild, moderate, or severe? What would you give it?
1: I feel like it was pretty, it was like moderate to severe.
0: Okay. So, I'm going to read what this guy wrote, and I want you to tell me if you think, based on what he wrote, what kind of category you would give Yeah. Me, uh, none, mild, moderate. Okay. Women, Woman takes top off for a prolonged period of time. Man and her have sex with lots of scenes showing her breasts. In the opening sequence, a woman takes off her shirt to reveal bare breasts, and there is another woman dancing on a table, topless. A man falls on top of a woman, and his head is in her breast. <laughs> on her breast a man peeps on a woman changing she is seen in her bra and panties but then she takes off her bra the lights go out before nudity is shown same woman is then seen in a swimming pool in a bikini she takes off her bikini top and side boob is shown (laughs) a woman is asleep with her blouse open you see her bra and panties topless woman in a hot tub a woman takes off her dress and stands in her bra and panties she takes off her bra to reveal her breast she has sex with a man another man and woman have sex one of her breasts is seen. Three women flash their breasts to distract a skier. So, based on all that, none mild, moderate, or severe.
1: I feel like those those were like your notes from a podcasting after dark breakdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't plug the other show. But that's like that's how you that's you're like I'm breaking down this movie. Like the amount of time. I don't time, break it down that way. Well, here's okay. That would be the way. I'm listening to you say all this, and I'm going like, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going as a parent. Does, do you find that helpful? You're not like you're gonna be. Wow! Th- thank you for all the very uh, minute descriptions of side boob, sir, in every scene. Like, can't you just like go? There's a lot, and you'd be like, okay, I'm not gonna show my seven year old son this. You don't like. You yeah, don't need this. Man lung. peeps on a woman. Side boob appears. Bare breast in all of its glory. A moonlight hits a nipple from the 360 degree angle, and the camera circles down past the vulva. You're like, what? What? It's just it, I, I'm creeped out. I guess is what I'm saying. That was creepy. It wasn't like
0: I'm creeped out it, it too. It wasn't
1: informative.
0: No, um, but that's one, two, three.
1: Like four, a creepy narc. But anyway, yeah. I would say I would say nine,
0: nine scenes, nine scenes in a ninety-minute movie. Yeah, I
1: would say I would say moder- uh, uh, severe.
0: He gave it mild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, because there's not. I yeah. No, no. It's definitely not mild.
0: It's not mild.
1: Yeah, you should look at it, see what other movies that guy's reviewed.
0: Uh, Oh, this is based on eight user votes. So this might have been compiled from eight different people.
1: Okay. That would explain much more. Regardless, um, somebody gave it a mild.
0: I think we we chose this movie, obviously because we had booked Stewart and Dean, but at the same time too, we're like this is not this is kind of an under the radar movie. not that many people will know about it. It does have a strong cult fan base. I appreciate that, and so do you uh but it's a different fan base from just one of the guys or you know i don't know Jake Speed, like random yeah. kind of smaller films that that have a a strong following um you know, really quick on the on the sex tip, um,
1: <laughs> um, if you go tip. to the
0: soundtrack, if you go to the soundtrack listing on IMDb and you go through all the songs, they tell you who the band is, arranged, performed, produced by, published by, blah, blah, blah. Then you get to a song called <clears throat> She's Bad by Bruce Mowbray and Jerry Skolanzinski, <laughs> performed by the Woodpeckers. And then normally it would just say by, performed by, published, etc. So it tells you by, performed by. Then it says, <clears throat> plays over Victoria taking off her clothes and she and Johnny having sex.
1: Johnny. Yeah.
0: That, 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 why, why?
1: Well, so you can <laughs> find it. So you know where it is. But
0: all the other, all the other uh, songs don't tell you when they played in the movie. It's just an interesting side note.
1: It is. I mean, I guess this can best be summed up by just saying: if you like boobs and you like, <laughs> you'll like. You know, school. if you like eighties movies, like you just have like partying, and you don't care that much about story. And there are, you know, and it is a comedy. Like you, you, you know, there was, there are a few laughs. You know, it's it's not riotous, uh, good good times. But beyond the nostalgia thing, like if you haven't seen this, and and those things I described interest you, then you know, give it a give it a watch
0: yeah and and besides what you just said it has a really great cast of notable memorable people that you will definitely definitely recognize from movies from the 80s and early 90s um yeah it and the soundtrack is is a is pretty decent
1: we're sort Um, of contradicting ourselves because i think we started off saying like you won't remember this cast at all other than these two guys
0: i well you know yeah i so i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to what do you do that what do you, what do you call that when you Re- I'm Revise? reframe what oh, I meant. Oh yes. Yes. No, there, there there's enough there's enough memorable people in this cast. And then there's side actors uh supporting characters that kind of fall by the wayside. The I would say the bully is very is not very memorable. Yeah. I would say the head the, the president of uh, the ski lodge not very no. memorable. But, you know, the, the section eight dudes the three we mentioned Stuart Dean and and Patrick very yeah. they're memorable yeah. very memorable um you know and, and then the female actors m- memorable um and that's about it so there's what five or six people there we said are memorable so there you go <laughs> but I, I want to bring up uh you look like you're gonna say something
1: well I was just I was just because I, j- I hadn't remembered until right now the whole thing with Stuart Fracken's character fits like when he is, he is such a jerk to that, to the girl that he's interested in. He's just like such a jerk. Yeah, Charlie to her.
0: Spaulding's character. He's
1: like, yep. and there's a thing where he like spills something on her with the ruse of like, Oh, I want you to go change. So then he like spills something on her and then he goes like, and, and you know, peep, peeps on her while she's changing and you're like, these. This is who we're supposed to root for. Like this guy is like the guy that, like, he's just such a an idiot. Because, because like, also she likes him. Like she clearly <laughs> likes him. So he's, he's, she's like, I really like you. And he's like, whoops. Guess you gotta go take your clothes off. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be a voyeur. You know. And you're like, yeah, man. So I, I just remembered that. And and like that's kind of how, you know, that was like the first 15 minutes of the movie.
0: Have you ever spilled food on somebody with the intentions of uh, because you because you liked them or no. your buddy, you purposely spilled food on somebody? No. Yeah.
1: You have something you want to tell me?
0: I mean, I had it done to me. So.
1: By a guy. Well, By Robert. Yeah, and Robert. It, the guy, yeah, I tell you the whole. The guys at the video store would no, do not, that to not you. Not to all get the time. my clothes
0: off. Not not to get my but but to smash food because he thought it was funny and then it winded up on me and I was like. It's not funny.
1: Oh, yeah. But, but okay. So, but we're taking out the dumping food on something. He doesn't want you to change.
0: No. And then he's he like, he's like
1: it. spying on you. Like, ooh, nice pectoral, Zach. And you're like, oh, God, you dropped it <laughs> How on How many push ups do you do? Purpose. Come on.
0: Uh, <laughs> Such a strong <laughs> no. sternum. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. It, it is, uh, I mean, it, I'm not even going to say it's a teenage boy's fantasy. It's more like a. 30 something screenwriter who yeah like it's this this
1: will be a great scene or something and like it's just the way that it all came together it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work
0: yeah yeah no i i feel you i feel you on it that it doesn't work um, it's not like
1: guys peeping on a locker room which would be kind of you know Gross in and of itself, but that—that's the '80s, and so like that's the Porky's thing. That's the you know that's the Revenge of the Nerds thing. But it's weird when like he's having a polite conversation with someone to intentionally spill wine or whatever he spilled on her.
0: Well, now that you're saying that, it makes me wonder what's more bizarre: a bunch of dudes sitting around watching.
1: I mean, because because weren't there? I feel like that would happen in like '80s sitcoms, where like that would involve pedophiles, right? Where it'd be like. You know, oh, like doesn't Dudley end up shirtless because that bike shop owner like spills something on him? Don't worry. I'll, I've, got a, I've got a I've got a a washer and dryer here in the shop. Oh, I'll have to wash that for you, Dudley. Oh, OK. Oh, like, I feel like man. that's really gross, you know, and and, and that was a device yeah. that, you know, it's not it's not charming. You don't look at that and go, oh, that's such a yeah, he's a player. That guy. Yeah, you know, that boy.
0: Robert a- wanted to get me topless. Robert wanted to get me topless.
1: Yeah, the your video store manager. Robert Balser.
0: Yeah, but I'm not going to tell that story on here. I'm going to save it for, for Patreon. Yeah,
1: you guys will have to fork up your two bucks. Fork up, <laughs> show us the, the green, baby. oh Zach, Same. I seem to have dropped some gray coupon on your on your left pectoral.
0: Oh. Mm. <laughs> would you like to see my tattoo? No, yeah. I would not like to see your tattoo. Okay, I'll show it to you. No, don't, please. Okay. Uh <laughs> Can we talk about the soundtrack really quick before we wrap yeah, up yeah. ski school? Let's do that. Okay, so so I just want to point out because Dustin and I had said there's not the songs that there's not a lot of memorable songs in this movie. There really is not, guys. Let's be honest. For us, there isn't. Uh, there may be for you. You may be big Tom Morello fans when he was in Lock Up, that Stallone movie back in the day. But uh, you know, the song that stood out to me was uh, "Sell Me Down the River." Uh, by The Alarm, or Sold yeah. Me Down yeah. the River, sorry, by The Alarm. And uh, it, it's an okay song, but the band The Alarm, I wanted to point out, the band The Alarm is really good. Uh, dare I say, it's at one point, uh, considered almost better than U2. And you know why I know that? Because in 1984 or 85, The Alarm played at the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California mm-hmm. with the pretenders love the Do You know who the opening band was you too. Oh, that's weird. So the alarm, um, the, the, the original front man is still in the alarm, but then he's got a bunch of new guys with him. So it's a cover band. Let's be honest. Um, but, but they still, I think he still tours. I don't know if he does recently because of COVID, mm-hmm. but he had been touring uh, for a while and they put out a live album uh, back in the 80s and they do a song it's, it's one of those cases where you hear their live versions of these songs and it sounds so much better than the recorded versions mm. probably wow. their biggest hit was a song called Rain in the Summertime, that was their big kind of pop hit um, but they got a song called Rescue Me on this live record, it is so good
1: it's, a, it's just like a funny uh, advertisement for the alarm that has nothing to do with this movie.
0: I just, I really dig the alarm. Yeah. I really dig them. So there you go. Uh, I wanted to point out a few notable moments from 1991, if you will. Great, yeah. Because I was going to say, we're
1: like beforehand, we're like we'll devote like maybe thirty minutes to the movie, and where are we at? An hour. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) Um, As as you guys know, I love wrestling, so I'm going to bring up the one wrestling thing. I'm not going to save her. I'm not going to save her for what does Dustin know? Because thank Christ. uh, Even though I think he actually might get this. Well, first of all, first of all, in 1991, uh, there was a big war going on.
1: In the wrestling world, or the I, the, the Gulf War,
0: the Gulf yeah. War, and uh, Vince Mc, Vince McMahon being the the <clears throat> market off of a dead body, anything to make Sergeant a Slaughter buck kind of guy. Yeah, so he he had Sergeant Slaughter, the great American hero, turn and become a villain, a an Iraqi sympathizer, and he turned uh, changed. I think Iron Sheik might have joined him as well. (laughs) There was a guy named Colonel Mustafa. Um, The Ultimate Warrior was the champion at the time. And the Iron Sheik, uh, sorry, Sergeant Slaughter defeated the Warrior to win the title. And uh, WrestleMania culminated uh, with Hulk Hogan challenging Sergeant Slaughter and defeating him. America versus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Iraq. Iraq. And uh, and becoming the champion again. And it was, to me, it was like, come on. This is just bullshit. So that was, that happened in 1991, though. Okay. Uh, A couple notable songs from 1991, some big hits. From a distance. (laughs) By Ben
1: Miller. Miller. The world looks blue and green, even though we Um, are at war.
0: The Number one song for 1991 is Everything I Do oh, Do no It kidding. For You. Brian, Adams. does that
1: mean that Robin Hood Prince of Thieves came out that year?
0: It did, yeah. it did. And the number two song, Color Me Bad, I Want to Sex, I wanna you, sex up. you Up.
1: Wow, yeah,
0: two good ones. And number three, CNC Music Factor. I'm just going to tell you the top five. Yeah, it's great. Okay, it's great. Number one was Brian Adams. Everything I do, do it for yep. you. Calling me it. bad. I want to sex you up. Love number it. three, gonna make you sweat. CNC music. Make Factory. you sweat through your pores. <laughs>
1: All right, I, that's I want to see Abdul, sweat coming. Number four, uh, straight up.
0: Rush, rush. What?
1: Rush, rush was the number four song.
0: Rush, rush. That... Oh baby. With Keanu
1: Reeves in the video.
0: Yeah. Yeah, is that the one they filmed at like, Griffith Observatory? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know who Timmy T is? Oh, One More Try. Sure do. <laughs> wow. I guess you do. Sure do. <laughs> that was
1: the number one song at, I guess, what would that be? The middle school dance. Yep. So.
0: How's that go? It's
1: been a long time since you left me. Because like this is the chorus. One more try. I didn't know how much I loved you. One
0: more wow. try. Yeah. I, I. Oh, you're not done.
1: No, I am done. <laughs> I am done. Um I Are think you? young Zach yeah, would done. like that one and uh and I think Bodie'll like it too and um you can have a new song on your way to school.
0: Well you wanna hear a uh sad fact is that I didn't go to any middle school dances because I was I didn't have any friends.
1: What? What do you mean?
0: I had like I had like two or three friends and I was so embarrassed to go to middle school dances. Well, I mean like no one's gonna want to dance with me
1: middle school dances are, are horrific uh, you know so it's not like you missed out on anything there but there's this collective moment that would happen uh, we had so my middle school was 7th and 8th grade but in 6th grade we had like a joint thing where all the schools that were going into the middle school we had a dance and at that dance like there's always one song that explodes right and in 6th grade it was Belle DeVoe's Poison that went out and everyone was like yeah poison deadly moving and slow and uh spider-man and freeze in full effect Uh uh-huh you ready yeah um wow you ready slick so that was sixth grade and then seventh grade was it was timmy t it was timmy t one more try and i remember i was dancing i was dancing with somebody really awkwardly yeah and that one came on and i remember you know whoever i was dancing with was like oh this is my favorite song but I remember feeling like this song's long, right? Like I'm going to like, you know, cause, cause you don't have a lot of moves and then you just kind of want it to be over after your, you know, after 30 seconds of like the hands on the hips and yeah. step, touch, step, touch, you're like, Oh my God, like this is going on forever. Um, It's uh it's a good one that Timmy T.
0: Well, I, I'm looking at the list of songs from 1991. It's really good. I, I don't want you to. I almost. Oh. Wilson Phillips had two songs in the top 50. Um, Extreme had two songs in the top 50. Um, oh my gosh. So. CNC Music Factory had three songs uh, in the top 100. I mean. I, could, I we could, we could devote like a whole hour to all the songs mm, from 1991, mm, but we won't, mm, we won't. We're going to save mm, them for later because there's going to mm, be more 91 movies coming up down the road. Um, you know why? Because I'm going to list off some of the top movies. I'm going to list off the top. Should wait know? a minute, I, I just want to say,
1: is this our first movie from the 90s?
0: Yes, this is our first 90s That's movie. Significant. Yes, we really did
1: the lead on that. Whoops. We did not that anyone cares but it's significant to us it is different decade yeah because
0: actually you, you bring up a really good point cuz i think oftentimes uh we talked about it's in our intro when we talk yeah. about our knowledge of movies from 78 to 92 is what or something we say. Like yeah that. yeah so don't be surprised if movies from like 93 might pop up 1992 by the way was a great year for movies but we're not talking yeah. about 92 we're talking about 91 the number one movie in 1991 was Terminator 2, Judgment oh, Day.
1: I would have gotten that wrong.
0: Hmm. What would you have thought? Robin Hood. Number two was Robin Hood. And number three was a big deal because it was a genre, a horror genre film that definitely, definite, and it was a R-rated by the way, Terminator 2 was also R rated, top grossing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, of course. Was the number three top grossing film. So. Of course. That's interesting.
1: Hello, Clarice. Anyways, those
0: are some fun facts from 1991. Um, for those of you wondering, yes, there will be a What Does Dustin Know 1991 edition, but that's going to be on our Patreon. So if you want to listen to that, subscribe to our $8 tier on Patreon. It would make a great Christmas gift for yourself.
1: It would. Or for your friend who's never heard the show, you would be like, I signed you up. And they'll be like, yep. that's a weird weirdo. You're a weird weirdo.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we have a lot of segments at the $8 tier. Uh, what does Dustin know? Why does Zach own this? $2, six questions, um, all good stuff. But this segment, which I will be doing with Dustin, will be on that tier, and you'll have to listen to it later. So are we going to talk about our favorite episode proper and then favorite interview now? Is that what we're going to do?
1: little year in review.
0: Uh, do you want to go first with your favorite episode? Uh,
1: sure, sure yeah uh so you know we're coming to the end of season two we started things off um in january it's kind of amazing you know it's uh, we're still going strong it's it feels really really cool and um we started off our season with with gabe jarrett and um and I remember being like, all right, yeah, you know, like, here we go, here we go. But my, my favorite episode, that has nothing to do with what I'm saying, my favorite episode is actually one of our more recent ones, and it is uh, the one that you and I uh, did with uh, Sleazy Sea, with Corey, for Wraith Timber. Um, nice. It was a very cool uh, format. We we kind of broke, broke from our usual mold. We had Corey on as a third guest, and we devoted an entire month of September to the Wraith. Um, and, you know, it was it was interesting because it was about as close as we would get to, like, breaking a movie down. Um, not that we went scene by scene, but it was like, you know, it was cool. And then, of course, we had our crossover. It was a crossover event. So it was very cool. It was very different. Uh, I went over to join you guys on on Podcasting After Dark, where we really did break, break everything down. But, um, but yeah, that was it. It was, you know, it was fun having Corey on. It was very different, as I said. And, um, you know, I, he, he brought a good energy to it and, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool to devote so much time to, to one major motion picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that move that one was, uh, I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I don't think any other podcast has devoted so much time to one specific movie. I mean, we had that movie. We had the interview with Matthew Barry. uh, You made it through four hours of uh, breakdown of the Wraith on podcasting after dark. I could see why that's your favorite episode. Corey, it was like having – Corey was exactly what we've talked about wanting to have on the show. You know, It's organic.
1: (laughs) Right, but – you know, but we have had we've had great guests uh, on talking about movies. Diallo has joined us. My brother Lance has joined us. Um, you know, we we have accomplished that. But yes, but there is yes. we've we've had
0: other things too. <laughs> uh, and then the next time around, it was Voyager three, and I mean, those guys were <laughs> that was a very special guest to have on to talk about New York Ninja. Um, but, but, yeah, I can see why the Wraith was your favorite episode. I, I concur. I concur, but that's not my favorite episode. But It is great. My favorite episode was the—it goes back all the way to March, and it was episode 43. It was the No Retreat, No Surrender, and Hold on to the Vision
1: mm. episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I love No Retreat, No Surrender even more so now. Because we talked about it on the show, Um, I really dug into the soundtrack, and you know the the fun facts that we pull from that, and then the opportunity to interview Kurt McKinney soon after. It was a part of our Martial Arts Madness Month, (laughs) Um, which is funny. We devoted a whole month to martial art movies. We interviewed Jesse Cove from Cobra Kai. Yep, Martin Cove's son, a great actor. Uh, very up and coming super nice guy uh and then you know obviously we had kurt mckinney the week after that or two weeks after that um it was great uh but but getting to talk to you about no retreat no surrender you and i have such a love for this genre and so that really came out in the episode and that's why i chose it it was just a it was one of the many highlights i've had with you but for sure that was the
1: one. Yeah, no, I, I love that month too. And I think it's interesting in a way because you you picked the other one that was like a theme. Like September was Wraith Timber and March yep. was martial, martial Arts Madness. And we didn't do that for any other months. And so, you know, it, you, you, it's kind of like, what do they say? It's Two sides of the same coin because the entire month was all martial arts awesomeness. So it was like, it's almost like the the time that we spend really dissecting a little bit more. We devote a little more time to it. You know, our our posts are more centric to those things. You know, we do the yep. the background, the martial arts, you know, highlights or whatever we were calling it. You know, it's uh, it, it kind of permeates through those 30, 30 days, which is which is cool and um, and I love that too. And interestingly, just going over the data today of like. Overall, our episodes, that uh, that episode, the No Retreat No Surrender episode, is our number four most listened to episode out oh, of all of
0: them. Wow, that's, that's surprising Yeah, and cool. Martial arts action genre, man, that is like, it's really maybe one of the most unique times, unique genres for its time. Yo. The 80s martial art movie, I don't think anything else really compares to it, honestly. It's really unique. Eighties, early nineties. You know. Yep. Um, yep. Vinegar I'm... Syndrome is releasing like some of the nineties martial art movies from like PM Entertainment and. Uh, yep. <laughs> stuff like that. Yep. It's really just good stuff. So yeah, love it. Love it.
1: Yeah. No. That's uh, totally agree. That's very cool.
0: What was your favorite interview from two thousand twenty? Yeah. This uh, is a tough one, right?
1: It is, it is a tough one. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I do, uh, because this is more recent, I, I would say that it is Jeff Canu, uh director of Revenge the Nerds. Um, makes
0: sense. I figured it would be. Tough
1: guys. Gotcha. You know, I, I we've spoken about this a little bit, but it, it really is because A, I love that he came on and just like, didn't give an F. You know, like the honesty of just like, I'm burning bridges. I'm telling these stories. I don't care. You know? didn't have a great relationship with this guy this guy did this this was what happened um you know he told the story about almost directing dead poet society and it was like the one that got away i still don't understand it because he doesn't explain this you know this manager of uh robin williams that somehow felt scorned like we never learn why which is which is like the one disappointing angle that i have About that story, because he's like, yeah, you know, that manager is like, we do know each other, Jeff, and we're not doing this movie. And he's like, oh, but why? Like, he never finds out. Um, But I, I love you know these stories about the creative process and uh, Linda Fiorentino and Gotcha. She has a a, you know an accent, but it's not quite as good. So we're going to make her be an American who's doing a fake accent. It's like that to me is amazing. You know, I just loved these behind-the-scenes kind of stories that really gave us insight into the creative process and how and how these movies that we love came about.
0: I figured, I, I was like, I knew it. I knew that was going to be the one for you because you were so happy when that interview ended. You were like, you were giddy yeah, about it. You yeah. were like, that was really good. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to release it sooner? You're like, no. <laughs> but like, it was really good. Well, and I <laughs> so. wasn't sure too
1: because we also had that thing where yeah. I, we thought he was maybe mad at us because we had a miscommunication, and I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what we're walking into. And
0: it's funny you bring up Jeff Canoe because my favorite interview was the guy who got us, Jeff Canoe, mm. Jesu Garcia, episode fifty-one. Um, the reason Jezu was my favorite was because I did not expect it to go as deep as it did mm, yeah, with him sure uh I knew he had a spiritual background, but I didn't know exactly what that entailed. I didn't know what his religion was all about, and didn't know what and it's not a religion, it's like a spirituality I didn't know where he kind of was in the world he talked about his spirituality, but he told this he told the story about how he got his name back, yeah. And where that came from and i and that was inspiring um the guy was on fire in the 80s in the early 80s he should have been could have been as big as like a clooney mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but he got cocky and he was very honest another very honest candid interview fun stories he told a story about when he Ripped a big old fart in Wildcats yeah. for real, and grossed out
1: Goldie His Hawn. His method acting of
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a funny dude and a good guy. So, uh, um, yeah, it's nice to meet your you know people you're fan you're a fan of, and they you know don't let you down. Yep. So uh, yeah, that was my that was my favorite one. So many good ones. I was like, well, I really like Cynthia Rothrock. I really love Matt Adler, and you know the blah 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 blah. blah. But yeah, Jezebel was my fave.
1: They're all great for many different reasons, but it's it's what resonates at a particular time.
0: Yep, for sure. It's kind of a wrap up of the show. We uh, we Dustin uh, put a little post out earlier uh, about earlier this week, the time we're recording, and said, uh, "Hey, does anybody have any questions?" And some people answered and gave us some questions. Um, Aaron Don Gilmer is gonna be the lucky one to have her questions read on the air live i have not opened up i'm typically the one by the way that goes on instagram and opens up the the, the mail i was like i see she wrote something i'm not going to read it because we made a deal i'm not going to touch that bad boy and i stuck to it so i have not read these all right questions well
1: let me open it i'll open it and i'll read them it to you how about that how about that it's very here exciting go. here you go what is from aaron gilmore What is your favorite food? And if you cook, what's your favorite thing to cook?
0: Oh, I'm going to let Dustin answer that for me in the, what's his favorite thing that I make for him?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an easy one. Um, if you are someday on the receiving end and you are very lucky enough to be bestowed, um, with Zach's uh I want to give it like it has to have like a magical name you know it's like when I'm talking about it I always want to like you have a name for it but it's I feel like it doesn't do it justice because it's this it's this beautiful golden perfect sandwich um it uh it's a really legendary sandwich and you make it with eggs and veggie sausage and avocado and veganise or veganse however you however you
0: veganaise.
1: however you pronounce it uh, however you choose to pronounce it um, and uh, the ideal scenario of course being the cranberry which which wouldn't you wouldn't think would sound good but it's the cranberry um, it's not an English muffin but it's it, 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 it's called morning
0: it's called a breakfast round it's it's morning a brec- it's a
1: morning yes. round it's kind of like a cranberry. It's like an orange, cranberry
0: and orange. Yeah,
1: cranberry orange, and I'm like, what? But it's it's the 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 whole sandwich is is fantastic. Um,
0: There's a hash brown in there. There's a hash brown, of course. Yes. Oh my god. Crisp to perfection.
1: Crisp, Yes. I can't even believe I didn't mention that. But um,
0: call my breakfast, Zach.
1: Yes, your breakfast, (laughs) your (laughs) Zachwich. That's probably what it should be called.
0: Well, well, Jack in the Box has a breakfast Jack. I call mine my breakfast. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. that's great the breakfast sack um is that your favorite thing to cook
0: um yeah yeah, breakfast is my favorite thing to cook and and making breakfast sandwiches is probably my favorite thing um yeah i i I, sadly those the, the veggie sausage it's by a company called light life i don't think they make it anymore it's like in a tube look guys yeah a lot of veggie sausage a lot of veggie sausage does not taste good yeah this tastes like sausage it's delicious um can't find it anymore they used to sell it at whole foods they sold it at bonds they don't sell it any place anymore that i've seen it COVID. Uh, i may find it again but so i've adapted it's it's mal you know an egg depending on how you like it usually it's over easy yep yep uh slightly runny Yep. with avocado In, in cheese, and this, a slice of cheddar cheese. Oh, I didn't
1: mention cheese. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to do it.
0: And in a, in a crispy, crispy hash brown on top. It's with On this yeah. breakfast round, it's like the sweet and savory put together. Delicious.
1: It's, it really is phenomenal. And uh, thank you for making it for the past uh, two years. It's, You're, <laughs> it's, really, it's my
0: pleasure. Yeah. And I, I look forward to making more of them for you. Uh, what's your favorite food? Just period. What's your favorite food? Your uh, my favorite, favorite type of food.
1: My favorite food is tacos. Basically. I, I like Mexican food a lot. Um, you
0: love your Mexican food.
1: I love Mexican food. I love uh, eating it. I love making it. Um, experimenting with it. I'm obsessed with mich- micheladas for some reason.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: And my yeah. body fucking craves them lately. And I, wherever <laughs> I go, I just have to try it. Yeah. Um, yeah i don't know i don't know what it is it's a weird thing like when i'm like i'm actually like like sometimes i wish i had one in the house and then i don't have one i like i feel like this fatigue come over me i'm like damn it fuck um i need a michelada, I need a michelada. so yeah that's it
0: my favorite is uh sushi sushi just sushi
1: I, my my favorite sushi is the sugar fish sushi it's just the fuck
0: oh it's really good I mean I love me some rolls though it's like know. if I'm gonna gorge I'm gonna gorge on sushi and the yeah. reason I love sushi is because I can't I don't make it myself
1: yeah but but what do you mean like you pull it from like the like I don't
0: make sushi you know oh oh, sushi. it's just
1: something you don't make
0: something I don't make that I love to eat right
1: yeah, that's Is there something totally that you
0: don't make that you love to eat that you're like, I'm too afraid to make this, but I do love it?
1: I mean, most things. I don't make a lot of things well, you know what I mean? I, mm. I, I usually have really good ideas about like how this is going to assemble or how this is going to pan out. And, it, it, you know, and it doesn't. And it's I, I do find like cooking, you know, it, all it takes is, you know, one missing ingredient or one like lapse and in attention span and suddenly oh, this, that side's burnt. Uh, yep. You know, that happened way too fast. It's just really disappointing, you know, like especially with something like simple, like eggs, you know, like I'm just, Oh, I've got four eggs in a, in a pot and suddenly
0: eggs are not simple though. You know, they're not simple. You can really screw it up. The the over easy
1: aspect too. It's like, shouldn't it be that shouldn't it be so easy to have a perfect egg every time?
0: Well, you got to have a good skillet for it, though. Yeah, you got to have a good skillet in the right temperature. Yeah,
1: because the difference between runny and not runny is six seconds.
0: Yep. And I will tell you the perfect, in my opinion, the perfect scrambled egg. You take, you whip up the egg, and then you put a a little dollop of cream cheese in there, garlic salt, Mm, mm -hmm. and regular shredded cheese. Oh, it's perfection. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I will tell you what I made tonight I made a pastrami Reuben. with Yes instead of instead of uh instead of pastrami I made it with um uh mushrooms, uh sauerkraut and um like the veganese on the bread yeah, instead yeah. of butter, toasted it to perfection. So that the, the the uh the um mushrooms took the place of the pastrami. Genius. so Genius. good. Genius. See what you did, Aaron. You 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 gave us this whole little thing yeah. of turning it into a cooking show on two dollars late. Yeah. <laughs> um, um,
1: well, that's fantastic, and uh, yeah, thanks for the question, Aaron. That's awesome. And
0: uh, yeah, yeah, we would have got you your second one, but you know, this is probably one of our. It, it's fitting that this is one of our longer episodes. Yeah, because, uh,
1: It's amazing. We run, I'm still uh, sitting upright, honestly.
0: Yes, so we run the gamut, and um, and but this is it, guys. There You are going to be gifted over the course of the next few weeks before the end of the year with not one but two interviews. We've got Sally Kirkland coming up uh, next in about a week or so, mm-hmm. actually. And then following Sally will be Dean Cameron, Stuart Fracken, Ski School Reunion. Um It's a lot of fun. Sally is wild. Her $2 late fee or t- $2 six-question segment is Bonkers. That's on Patreon? Uh, that'll be on Patreon. And then Dean and Stuart had a lot of fun. It was our first time going back in the studio. They were our guinea pigs at Real Voice. We will have video, potentially video of that as well, up on YouTube at some point down the road. But you'll have the audio version of that towards the end of the year. And this is it, guys. Uh, we are steamrolling out of year two and into year three. Hot and heavy. Crazy. Crazy. So we want to thank you guys for all your support, all the support you always give us, uh, all the feedback, positive, negative, all that good stuff. Because even people chime in sometimes, oh, I wish you would have talked about this more or that. Thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Yeah, sometimes. I think on some of the episodes, huh. at least back in the day. Oh. Um, but we've got more, way more coming your way Uh mega important awesome stuff yeah. if you know what i'm saying so stay tuned have a merry holiday whatever you celebrate if you don't celebrate happy new year if you don't recognize the uh gregorian calendar then happy another day of your life
1: yes uh from the festival light of life to the festival of life
0: a One more try, I didn't know how much I loved you. One more try, let me put my palms around you. Dean Cameron, and this is Stuart Fratkin. Are you there? Pick up. Dustin? Zach? Pick up. It's Dean. And Stuart, are you there? Oh, wait, is this voicemail or is this voice or just a machine? I, I think it's a microphone. Oh. All right, we'll call us back. We'll play Mario Brothers. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s.
1: All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it.
0: Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it five star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating on iTunes. We really. Bleh. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFeed.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 2 dollars Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.